Good morning. Welcome to 1C. Would you please stand and join us in worship? You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. You're trying to fill the same old holes inside. Well, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know to stay right. There's a better life. There's a better life. You got pain. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful day. I just pray, Lord, that right now you'd be working in the hearts of everyone in this room. And, Lord, that we'd be able to just lay our burdens at your feet. And, Lord, with light hearts, we can worship you together today. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.
You may be seated. Trying to decide what to do. There's a, we had it at the 9 o'clock service, a little feedback, a little bouncing, and then it went away between the services. So we'll see. I might go to a different microphone. All right. Independence Day weekend. It is the one time in the year, maybe you think about it more than that, but very specific. We think about our independence, our freedoms, uh, the blessings we have as a country. I think it's fabulous for us to pause and remember that. I want to take it and twist it a little bit. Uh, we have been given another kind of freedom, and it's called free will. The God of the heavens uh, gave us the greatest gift of all, which is Jesus. But the second really great gift is this called free will. In other words, he doesn't force us to be his children. Rather, he desires us to be his children. But the problem is, because of our sinful nature, because of our condition of sinfulness, we take that free will and sometimes, more often than we care to admit, we say, no thank you. We want to go this way. We want to do our own thing. And that's called sin. So what I want to do now is take a moment, bring us into a time of prayer where we confess that sin and our need for a Savior and for forgiveness. Let's pray. Oh, good and gracious God, we, we want to say thank you for all that you've done for us. We want to even thank you for this gift of free will. And yet, we're going to say right now, and we're going we're gonna to pause, and we're, we're going to reflect, and we're going to confess that, Lord, we take that free will, and more often, more often than we want to admit, we go our own way, we do our own thing, we, we run opposite from what you tell us in your word. And our sin is, our sin is ugly. And we confess that if we are left on our own with this sin, we would be lost forever and separated from you for eternity. So as we confess this to you, as we humbly come before you, we know that you sent your son. We know that what he did on a cross 2,000 years ago has changed the course of human history. And we thank you that when we put faith in him, we have forgiveness and life and salvation. We have hope and peace and joy. So we ask now, Lord, as we have confessed these sins and as we know they're forgiven because of Jesus, that we would then live lives that reflect thankful lives, peaceful lives, joyful lives. So thank you for all that you have done and continue to do. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The greatest gift of all is the forgiveness in Christ. May we live in that every single day. All right, a couple announcements. Uh, if you are a guest here, we're glad that you're with us in worship. In fact, we'd love to meet you and greet you, and we do that now digitally because of, you know, this whole COVID thing. So if you text 1C guest to 94000, that'll start the communication. So we could, you know, let you know some of the great things that are happening at ministry here at 1C. So again, 1C guest to 94000. If you have a prayer request today, whether it's a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of concern, 
you can, if you would, text those to 402-242-5051. And if you happen to be on Facebook Live today in the comments section, you can actually put your prayer request there um, as well. And we will include those in our worship today. And then thirdly, you know, as we have been blessed by God uh, with so many gifts and so many blessings, they're too numerous to count. God takes great delight when we say thank you. And some of the ways in which we do that is by serving him, by using our gifts and abilities uh, to bless him and to bless others, but also in the giving of our tithes and offerings. And again, because we're not passing plates like we normally do, uh, digitally you can do that, whether you text to give or online giving or the Church Center app, uh, feel free to uh, show your thanksgiving to the Lord for all that he's done in the giving of your gifts. And then the last announcement, hopefully on the way in today, you were encouraged to stop by and get uh, the elements for communion. And if you didn't, you still have some time, so you might want to, during the next song, go get uh, the elements and have that ready for later. Uh, this will be used in, um, after the sermon. Again, all of these are ways in which we can say, Lord, thank you for your goodness for me. So may God be glorified in us and through us as we continue to worship.
I have a dollar with me, boys and girls, this morning, and I'm looking for one volunteer. Don't just come rushing right up. need to make sure it's a volunteer who has permission from a parent or guardian to come up here. We'll stand six feet apart, keep social distance, but someone who would like this dollar bill. So are there any boys or girls out there who have permission to come up and get this dollar bill? I see a hand back there. You want to come on up? Jet, come on up. All right, come stand right here. We'll stand six feet apart, all right? So now remember, you can't touch me, okay? And we have to stay six feet apart. And then you can have this dollar bill if you can take it out of my hand, okay? Are you ready? Can you get it? No? What do you think you need to do? Say please. There you go. Good job. Right, thank you, Jet. You can head on back to your seat, all right? That was great. That's exactly what you have to do, right? You just ask. And that's a lot like prayer, right? Prayer is as simple as that. It's just us asking God for something, us talking to God. And Jet displayed that really well, that you just simply ask. Sometimes for us, especially us adults, it, maybe it's a last option instead of a first option but it didn't take Jet very long to figure out, all I have to do is ask. And he got the dollar bill. Well, like I said, prayer's that simple. But because we have a loving Heavenly Father who wants to give us good gifts. He loves us, wants to give to us, and he wants to bless us. And even when things seem really difficult for us, or maybe even impossible, we can go to God because everything is possible with God. He is in control of everything that we can see, everything we can't see. Um, so we can go to him. And just like now we're, we have to social distance because of COVID, there's a separation between us. Sin separates us from God, but because of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross and rose from the grave, through faith in that, that separation is gone. And we can come into the presence of God. We can talk to him anytime. He's there, he listens to us, he loves us, and he wants to give us good gifts. So let's go ahead and pray to him now, boys and girls, all right? We'll fold our hands. Bow our heads and you can repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for listening to us and for giving us good gifts. Please grow our faith in Jesus and help us to talk to you more. Amen. All right. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jet. And if it's that easy, if I say please, you would give, give me a dollar? You're all out? Okay, I'm going to go to plan B. All right, as we uh, continue our journey in the book of Acts, just a little background to, to what I was thinking way back January, maybe even December, about this series. I was thinking about what is God's desire for the church? And as I was looking after chapter after chapter in the book of Acts, as I was looking at story after story, I couldn't help but thinking about how God desires for the church to be this week in prayer. Um, another week, uh, like in fact, next week we're going to talk about that the church is to be generous or the church is to be courageous or the church is to be the church. And so that's really the framework for what I've been doing and what I'm going to be doing is talking about God's desire and his plan for people like you and me who make up the church to be carrying out the mission to be spirit-driven in, in every aspect of life. So today we're going to pause and look at this concept of in prayer. Uh, but I want to give you a little of uh, the history, the backdrop. Acts chapter 2, it was Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came in a powerful way. Um, right after that, we find Peter and John the next day making their way to the temple. And they're going to be praying and worshiping God. And as they make their way into or towards the temple... By the one gate, they see the, the lame beggar. And this lame beggar has been lame since birth, unable to walk. And he's had friends carry him to the gate so that he could be asking for money in order to have some money to be able to live on. Well, when Peter and John walk by um, this individual and he's asking for money, Peter does the remarkable. He says, in the name of Jesus, rise. And we find in the story that the man eventually rises, goes into the temple, he's leaping with joy, uh, his life has been changed and transformed, and he is thankful beyond measure. Well, um, as a result of that, people were astonished and in awe, and Peter uses the opportunity to preach. He's got a message to share, and he now has a captive audience because of what just took place. Well, the end result of it, if you look in, in the book of Acts, 5,000 men were saved that day. That doesn't even count women and children. So we don't know the exact number, but it was a phenomenal moment in the history of the church. The word of God was preached and people came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now, it got the attention not just of the average person out there, but the religious leaders of the day noticed the, um, the mayhem. Well, that's their vantage point. Something was happening that was a little disturbing. And so they, they were upset, so they come and they arrest Peter and John and put them in jail. Now, this is in the afternoon to the evening, and so they had to spend the night in jail. The next day, they had the trial. And in the trial, there was too much evidence that 
what happened happened. In, in fact, there were so many people that testified to this person being raised to be able to walk, and so they found no evidence on their side of things to be able to keep Peter and John. But instead, they threatened and ordered them not to preach. You are not to preach. You are not to preach. They were released, and then they told the church what happened. So here's a little bit of thinking I have with this and putting it into current events. I think what happened to Peter and John was an injustice. Something wrong happened. What do you think Peter and John did? Do you think that maybe they followed some of the, um, the uh, course of events that what happened in our country just recently over the last couple of weeks? Uh, do you think that they went around door to door getting people to sign a petition against the religious leaders? No. Do you think that they went to uh, the religious leaders and said, we need to have new policies put in place in order to deal with this kind of injustice? No, they didn't. Instead, what we're told is that the church called a prayer meeting. And I'm thinking, wow, this is revolutionary. And yet, it really is the rhythm of God's people throughout time. So it's, it's remarkable, but not remarkable. In fact, when we think about what's taken place over the course of human history with God's people, many times there was a sharing of God's word. We can go into the Old Testament and we see the prophets stepping up and saying, you know, thus says the Lord, this is what God wants or what he doesn't want. And then as a result of the sharing of God's word, you get this opposition to God's word. And, the, and again, you can go from Genesis all the way uh, to Malachi, and you see story after story after story where other nations not liking what God was saying would create um, a little bit of havoc. Armies would raise up. They would come against God's people. And really what they were opposing is not God's people, but they were opposing the word of God. And then we find the third part of the rhythm. There would be prayer. Countless times we would find, we'll just say King David, going to God in prayer, showing trust and a dependence on God in the midst of persecution. So this rhythm of preaching God's word, persecution against God's word, and then this idea of prayer. This is the rhythm. This is the rhythm of God's people. So we find Peter and John following suit. You know, here they preach God's word. Now there's persecution, and now they're coming to God's people and leading them in a way that is God-pleasing, and it's in prayer. So I want to show you this, the prayer that they had, and I, I'm hoping that you and me, we would learn maybe what we should do when persecution comes because of God's word in our life. All right, so I want to start out right here. Um, it starts out, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and then said, and we'll get into the prayer. So for me, this idea of being together, there's nothing more beautiful, nothing more powerful than more two or more are gathered together in my name. Jesus says he's there. And I, this idea of unity was on Jesus' heart. In John 17, as Jesus was praying to God, 
He says, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfectly one. And then a little bit later, he says, the reason and the outcome of unity is that the world may know that you have sent me. So Jesus prayed about it. Um, we find it um, evidenced all over the place that when we come together, there is a powerful thing that takes place. And I'm just going to go off a little bit for a second here. Take a look at the picture. Uh, Robert, a friend of mine back in Tucson, Arizona, continues to do the PowerPoints for me. So I'll send him the Word document, and then he puts this together. And I love the picture. Men and women, black and white, coming together for this gift of prayer. And I'm going to say, folks, in light of the George Floyd death and the turmoil that continues in our country, I believe that we as the church need to be leaders with this. We as the church need to be first in prayer and then in love. And so, uh, you know, this, this picture really resonated with me, you know, thinking about, can you imagine if we, we God's people, would utilize this gift of prayer more, come together and pray about this injustice, uh, this trouble that's going on in our country. And while I think policies need to be dealt with, yes, protests are one way of doing it, I do believe that prayer is one of the most underutilized gifts that we have. And I'm, I want to call us all to be more in prayer. All right, so what do they pray? Well, he starts out with the word sovereign Lord. And if you remember a couple months ago, I talked about what does sovereign mean? I believe sovereign is this. God is powerful. God is loving. God is kind. God is compassionate. And yet he navigates through the sin of this world. And his will still happens. And that's the sovereign act of God. His will will take place. Even though there is sin in this world, even though there is sin in my life, his will is supreme. And so they start out this prayer this time saying, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So it's really setting up, God, you are number one. You are, you're the one that can make anything happen. I'm going to you first. Can you imagine if that's how we would start our prayer? I'm going to tell you sometimes, sometimes, my prayer is more of question marks than exclamation marks. Lord, where are you with this? Lord, could, could you do something with this? Can you imagine in faith if we went always saying, Lord, you are powerful, you are going to have your will to be done, and I'm going to trust you more than anything else. I think it would start changing our attitudes and our actions. All right. So then he says, Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. And I have yellowed the words through the mouth of our father David. One thing I want to encourage you in your prayer life. Maybe you do this already or maybe you've heard about it or maybe this is brand new to you. I believe the more that we know the promises of God, the more it shapes our prayers. Let me say that again. I believe 
the more we know the promises of God, the more it shapes our prayer life. Example. If we know for certain because of the scriptures, when Jesus said, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. If we know that, can you imagine, let's just go this way. You know, I'm praying I'm, and I'm feeling alone. Okay, maybe you've had one of those moments. Can you imagine in your prayer life saying, Lord, I feel alone, but I know your word tells me that you'll never leave me or forsake me. You told me that you would be with me always to the very end of the age. I want to encourage you in your prayer life, get to know the Bible more and let it start shaping your perspective and your prayers. What Peter is doing is quoting Psalm 2. He's going back in time to King David in one of his prayers. And he's kind of setting the scene for the prayer of what's going on and the circumstance and the situation. So think about that in your prayer life. Get to know the promises of God and let it shape your prayer life. All right, then we continue. For truly in this city there were gathered together against you your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. And for me, it's just this moment of thinking back in time. The history. What took place. Um, one of the things about the Jewish religion that warms my heart they are so good at recounting God's activity in history. They will sit there, and usually it's the dad with the boys, I mean, because of the culture, but it's the retelling of God's activity and God's faithfulness, God's love, God's presence, and just telling the story over and over again so it's in the forefront of a conversation. It's in the forefront of perspectives. And I wonder if that would help us in our prayer life. Maybe recounting, how has God demonstrated his faithfulness to you in the past? That's, again, what Peter is doing in this prayer. Then we continue, and I think this is just a, a summary of what he said to, earlier. He says, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So here it is. He's, he is ultimately saying, you have a plan. And you're going to accomplish it because you are God and we are not. And even though we've seen persecution, even though we have a sense that persecution will come again, we know that you're at work. We know we can trust in you because you are always faithful and you are sovereign. And now he gets into the petition, so to speak. Kind of going through a couple different things. The first thing he says, look upon... Um, their threats. In other words, Lord, keep an eye on us. Keep an eye on what's happening. But then he shifts into this. Um, he says, and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. No matter what persecution may come our way, no matter what kind of trial and tribulation may come our way, let me be bold in proclaiming your goodness, your grace, and your love. And then, Peter in this prayer adds something else. And I think it's an interesting concept. And I'm, you know, I don't know if you'll see it the same way, but 
while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It's as if Peter knows that just what happened with this, this lame beggar that was at the gate, God is a miracle worker. God is constantly at work in the lives of his people and in this world. And I think Peter got an inside track here knowing that when these signs and wonders are taking place, boy, does it make a difference. He's probably thinking of the 5,000 people, the men and, and then women and children, that all of a sudden put their faith in Jesus because they saw the work of Jesus. They saw the miracle of Jesus. So maybe we can be bold. Maybe there's some place in your life right now, right here, where you need a miracle. Where you need God's power and might demonstrated to encourage you. Maybe it's a financial miracle. Maybe it's a relationship miracle. Maybe it's a, a, a healing that you are desiring God to do something great in. Be bold, okay, to, to proclaim the word of God, but also be bold and say, Lord, have your wonders happen in and through us. Not knowing what those wonders might be. And then we get to this last. This is the last verse in this section. Um, I don't know if you could picture this. If you would, just let your mind drift if you can. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, I'm guessing people back in that time felt like, oh, it's an earthquake. They probably had to rationalize what just took place. And they settled on the concept of an earthquake. It reminds me back, um, oh, probably 25, 30 years ago, uh, one of the major uh, networks put on a documentary that was explaining the parting of the Red Sea. Maybe you, you saw it. What they did is they acknowledged that the Red Sea parted. But then they talked about some scientific proof or data that they came across that said, and I don't remember the actual years, but every 5,233 years, there is a wind that comes that hits the cleft in the Red Sea, which is underwater kind of cliff, and it parts the waters every 5,300 and whatever. And they were trying to, in a way, justify the fact that the Red Sea parted. And I think trying to pull away the fact that God miraculously saved his people. And I'm going to go this far. Let's say that there is scientific data and proof for that. But it, isn't it amazing that God chose to send Moses at a specific time to deliver God's people from Egypt and from Pharaoh. They just happened to be at the shore of the Red Sea at that 5,300 and whatever. To me, it's the genius of God. It's the miracle of God. It's how God works. We should never underestimate the kind of shaking God wants to do. And 
while this seems to be like the earth was shaking, and it probably is, I would imagine people's hearts and lives were being shaken too. You don't see this and experience it and kind of dismiss it. So what if today, July 5th, 2020, what if we prayed for, for the Holy Spirit to come in such a way to shake us to the core? So that the end result would be that we would be continuing to preach and to proclaim with boldness the Jesus Christ who suffered, died, and rose again from the dead. The Jesus Christ who has given us hope and peace and power. So that we would share this to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, so that they would be added to the list of those who have eternity with Jesus. So I want to pray now, and I'm going to pray that that Holy Spirit would shake you and shake me in a way that it had never shaken before. And I want you to be ready, because God is faithful. Good and gracious God, we come to you and we know that you are a powerful God. You could create the heavens and the earth with just words. And you also demonstrated your power and might through the sending of your son and his death and his resurrection. And now, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be given in such a way as it would shake us to the core to bring us to a place of faith and boldness and confidence that we would live our lives in such a way that would honor you and further your kingdom. May we not shrink back, but may we step forward. May we be your disciples, your followers, your ambassadors, so more and more people can come to know you, to love you, to follow you and be with you for eternity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we humbly lift up our prayers to you this morning from our 1C family. For Miriam, three days of severe headaches, answers for causes and healing. For a friend who has fallen, that he recovers fully with your healing and blessings. For a miracle for Debbie Adams, after massive heart attacks and open heart surgery, she needs her organs to begin working independently. Prayers for comfort to a friend whose father passed away this week. Good morning, wonderful church family. I am watching from home today so I can give meds to Lawson. He had a bad firework accident. So I'm asking for prayers for a full, speedy recovery and good report from the hand specialist. For our country, help us make it through these difficult times. Thank you, Lord, for a country where we are free. Thank you for all you've given us. Please guide us and reunite all of the people in this country. Help us to come out better and united. Help us to care for and love for one another as you have loved and cared for us. Gracious God, we all have chains that need broken. And it's only through your grace, mercy, and love 
that we can be totally free from our struggles in this life. Father, we put our trust in you that whatever our trial may be, you are faithful through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to encourage you at this time, if you would, please uh, take out the elements. And how this is going to work, I'm going to share with you the words of institution. And uh, for those of you that may or may not know this, the words of institution are not just something that, quote, a pastor makes up all by himself. Rather, we go to the scriptures, we find the command for communion. And the words of the institution are the words of Jesus himself. So I'll share those, and then I will invite you to then take each element, and um, I'll instruct you at that time. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So I invite you now to please take and open up the side of the bread, the body of Christ, and take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. And if you would, open up the side of either the, the wine or the juice, the blood of Christ. Take and drink the blood of Jesus shed for you. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and merciful Lord, giver of all good gifts, thank you for this meal. Given out of love and received by faith. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for the strengthening of our faith. And we thank you that this meal reminds us once again that you are with us always. Thank you for your blessings, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
That good, good father knows and loves his children. And he cares about everything that happens, every breath we take. And we have confidence in him. A couple quick announcements to make. Uh, this Wednesday, uh, we're going to be starting a July, I don't know what to call it, kind of a VBS experience, but it's not because of social distancing and all that. We're going to be having a, it's called More Than a Movie. And we're going to be showing once a week a different movie, and it has some things for us to learn. So we're going to watch the movie, and then we're going to have some discussion. We're going to keep social distancing, and so families can be kind of on their own doing this. Uh, the first one's going to be 10 in the morning, and then we have some other ones throughout July. So we'd love for you to come 
Uh, maybe get the word out, let other people know that have been cooped up and are thinking and wanting something to do. Uh, it would be a great event. So this Wednesday, 10 a.m., and I think the movie's Homeward Bound. So if you like that movie and you just want to come to watch the movie, you know, make your way on over. Uh, secondly, next Sunday after the 11 o'clock service, we have our new disciple launch, and it's a time for you to uh, meet with us, and we talk about who we are as a church, what we believe, what you can expect of us as your church, and then we'll also talk to you about our hopes and dreams for you as a disciple and follower of Jesus. So just let us know at the church office, give us a call or send an email so we could be ready for you. That'll be next Sunday the 12th. And I'm thinking that is it. So let's stand. I want to share with you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
in peace.